your perfect formula. Receipts, proof, timeline, screenshots, everything to prove that you are a bully and a troll, and you do not deserve to be at this table or anywhere near any of us. There are four dodgy ingredients in Heather's confrontation which make it a recipe for disaster. Avoid these if you want to be heard. One thing I love about the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, their sound design is so dramatic. There's this debate about, are they going to have too extreme with the sound effects? I just think they're so fun. Let me just show you the difference of me saying something like, Heather doesn't always use tact and timing very well. And if I say the same thing again, Heather doesn't always use tact and timing very well. Tell me you don't hear a difference. At the beginning of the episode, normally I just talk about what's going on in my life. But this is the thing that's been going through my mind the last week. The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, Season 4, Episode 16. The explosive finale in Bermuda. It was amazing. I honestly think it was one of the best episodes of reality TV of all time. It really has that cinematic Big Little Lies energy. They even have that filter when they do that flashback scene of Heather telling the women about what she's discovered. And I literally can see Nicole Kidman, Reese Witherspoon, Laura Dern just there on the beach. It's like that there's a death that's going to be announced. I mean, really, that's what I was thinking when I saw the scene. There's something I need to tell you guys. And it's big and it's not good. I had some information confirmed today. And I've been wrestling with it all day. Not sure how to tell you. Monica is not who she says she is. Okay, she's not our friend. Okay. She's someone that has schemed to infiltrate our friend group. She has plotted and profited from our lives and our pain. Okay, what's And the happening? name that you all know her as, the woman whose birthday we celebrated, who we have been trying to champion, is Reality Von Tease. No. What? No. You are kidding Wait, me. how did you find How did you out? find this out? Lisa has this upside-down, very strange facial expression. Meredith is probably the most iconic response with her hair flying. That account has annihilated all of us. All of us. For years. That was Monica. That was lies. Pure lies. Wow. Wow. I want to confront her at dinner tonight. And I want you guys to back me up. Oh, my God. This is dramatic. Flash forward. Thunderous sound effects. Dark clouds. We've got really tense music. Heather is ready to expose Monica as the figure behind a scandalous internet account which has been posting about the women's lives. Accusations of deceit and manipulation surface, culminating in a dramatic showdown that tests the limits of all their friendships. For three months you have sat here with us and not told us the truth! Do you understand it's about deception? You f***ing deceived all of us! You have to be open and honest. Just be honest. You're looking two things. That's who I am. Open, honest, upfront, transparent. No one else is speaking up. Come on. Why are you torturing I her? I thought I was being honest. We're going to bring it up. I really feel like I have been open, honest, funny. Open and honest with Amraj Lolly. On the roster for today, we're looking at the subject of truth-telling through the lens of the dramatic conclusion of The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, Season 4. 
First, when and why it's important to speak out. But what are the four dodgy ingredients that you want to avoid to get through to the other person? And finally, listen to the end for one pro tip, a quick switch you can make to move to healthier, more productive confrontations. All right. So first of all, why tell the truth? It seems like this might be an obvious thing because our culture seems to really value truth. What's important to remember is that a confrontation is often essential when something untenable has happened and that there would be significant negative consequences if you didn't address them. Truth-telling is the foundation of authenticity, self-regard, intimacy, integrity and joy. We know that closeness requires honesty and that lying can erode trust. Harry Lerner really uses this great analogy that when we habitually avoid the truth, especially in important matters, we become sleepwalkers. We can't think clearly, remember properly. We lose creative, intellectual and even sexual energy. However, in the name of truth-telling, we can escalate anxiety, we dismiss another person's reality and we generally make the situation worse. The problem is most of us have received very little help in learning to use our anger to clarify and strengthen ourselves and our relationships. However, it's so important to me to be showcasing what goes right in these difficult moments because that is the real key to change. That is how we grow, connect and live better lives. I always try to empathise with each perspective. I think that's a really important thing to do. So I want to highlight what Heather does really well. Heather is really assertive. She shows she has limits. She demonstrates a steadfastness. Despite the backlash, she keeps going in the pursuit of her truth. And post-Jen, which is the relationship she had with Jen Shah, she's no longer willing to have anything going on at the expense of her. She's also protecting the group. Her actions are driven by a desire to protect her friend group from being manipulated. And that really shows a sense of responsibility for the well-being of others, which is admirable. And the last thing is she seems to have done her research. Heather is not just throwing unfounded claims out into the air. She's taken time to actually look at what has happened. She wants to be sure what the facts are before going to discuss it with Monica. Now, that being said, there are four dodgy ingredients in Heather's confrontation which make it a recipe for disaster. And I want to talk about those so you can avoid them if you want to be heard. So, let's get started. The four dodgy ingredients in Heather's confrontation which make it a recipe for disaster. Number one. One big narrator. When I met you, we bonded over being single moms, moms of daughters, and we had a great time, lots of fun, you know, charming, funny, witty. And I thought pretty much like an open book, you know, truth teller. But I don't feel like that's who the real Monica is. I know who you really are. Who you really are is a cyber bully, internet troll, Reality Von Tease. Reality Von Tease was an Instagram account that was created over three years ago and was dedicated to annihilating and exposing Jen Shaw. But it quickly expanded to troll all of us, me, Whitney, Meredith, Lisa. These were character assassinations. What's really interesting is Heather is the person who's in charge. She's told the women before the conversation and when she's confronting, she is leading. 
There was lies, pure lies. So our language is really important. It illustrates intention. She has plotted and profited from our lives and our pain. Often when we're talking about someone else not being truthful, we describe them as engaging in deliberate deception and we tend to condemn them. But there's a human bias called fundamental attribution error. And that means when we look at our own behavior, we see it with complexity. Oh, I may not have acted the best, but I have been going through a really difficult time. But we don't often do that when we're considering another person's behavior in context. This is really important in the realm of truth-telling. Because when we see ourselves keeping secrets, we often realize that it's to preserve and not fracture our relationships. We look at the reasons that we keep secrets. I didn't tell this person this thing because I was trying to protect them. But when we look at someone else not being forthright or forthcoming, we attribute all these personality traits to them. What's really important to remember is the seemingly contradictory activities of pretending and truth-telling are not always opposite. It's a bit more complicated than that. I think having a burner page on an Instagram account to expose someone and their abuse is not a bad thing. I think that's just telling the truth. So Monica says that the account was really designed to expose the abusive behaviour of Jen Shah, one of their previous castmates who's literally in prison now. The antidote to this ingredient of the one big narrator is curiosity. Heather is not really interested that much in Monica's response and she just keeps going and going. If you are to engage in a conversation where the person genuinely is your conversation partner, then you avoid the recipe just being dominated by this one big narrator. The second dodgy ingredient in Heather's confrontation that make it a recipe for disaster is blaming and shaming words. The goal isn't always to necessarily speak even-toned, non-aggressively and perfectly. Even heated arguments can be constructive, but they usually do require some empathy, humour and respect. So, when we turn behaviour into character traits, it is a recipe for an unproductive conversation and also a destructive one. An example of this is, you didn't just keep something from us, you're a manipulator. It's doing that work of essentializing person. What does that mean? It means turning that behaviour into a label. They become that thing. They are not just a person who told a lie. They are a liar. Who you really are is a cyberbully internet troll. We have this natural and healthy human impulse to resist negative labels because it would be bad for us to be defined by just one thing. It's not productive and it doesn't actually lead to accountability, contrary to popular belief. One thing that is important to remember is that if you want to activate accountability in the other person, you probably want to avoid shaming, blaming language. In many of the cultures we've grown up, this feels counterintuitive. The antidote to this is to remember that it's more effective to address behaviours rather than label individuals. Accountability is the path to responsibility. This is at the heart of constructive confrontation. Three. The third dodgy ingredient to avoid a recipe for disaster is a gangbang. Imagine in that big mixing bowl, we've got that one big narrator, we've got blaming and shaming words, but we've also got a gang of different characters dressed in the same thing. I want to confront her at dinner tonight, and I want you guys to back me up. The issue is that when a group of individuals collectively seem to be confronting someone, it leads to an imbalance in the dynamic. And it often makes the person being confronted feel attacked. Imagine literally being sat in a triangle, as Monica was, 
And nearly every other person on the table knows about this. We've got Meredith, we've got Lisa, we've got Heather. So Monica's been put on the spot and also not in a way that actually seems to be motivated by much care. That really does provoke defensiveness. Group confrontations amplify the feeling of being attacked and ganged up on, which can shut down the lines of communication. Not a good idea. The antidote to this is remembering that one-on-one conversations lead to more effective results. They produce a space with less anxiety and less intensity, which is the right condition for putting someone on the spot because it makes them feel comfortable to open up and engage in an honest dialogue. Now, you may not feel the person deserves this after they've wronged you, but think about what you want from the conversation. If you want to get through to the other person, then it's best not to just discharge your anxiety hurling words at them and having your army of supporters stand behind you that might feel a little bit better at the time but you're going to feel more annoyed and hurt after the conversation because you didn't actually invite that person to be accountable number four the fourth and final ingredient for a confrontation disaster is it's all cooked at once I really like the way that Harriet Lerner talks about truth-telling. She talks about it as a process, something that comes with time and not just through hit-and-run confrontations. Unfortunately, the way that many of us learn about conflict is to address things all in one go, but big hit-and-run confrontations almost always invite defensiveness. Those confrontations, especially in a public setting, can escalate tensions and lead to actually more conflict and more unproductive conflict. What they don't do is usher in understanding and mutual empathy. It hurts the other person and actually stops them from being able to be responsible in this situation because you're trying to achieve what takes lots of time and involves lots of cognitive processing all in one conversation. That's just not realistic and it's important to remember that. The antidote to this is spacing out discussions and addressing issues separately. That all depends on what you actually want in a conversation. I've come to realise that it usually seems to be the same things. You want to be heard. We want to be understood. We want to change the person in a positive way. None of these things are really encouraged in confrontations which have one big narrator, blaming, shaming words, a gang in one outfit, and that's all cooked at once. Stay tuned to the end for one quick pro tip that can move your confrontation from unhealthy and destructive to healthy and productive. This was such a fun episode to do. It was a really rich episode. So thanks for tuning in to Open and Honest. I've been Amraj Lali. That's at Relational Intelligence on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Make sure you subscribe to the pod on Apple or Spotify and rate five star if you found this insightful. Oh, and share with a friend. Always remember being a fly on the wall only shows us one angle. As my homegirl in my head, Dr. Harriet Lerner reminds us, there are never just two different ways to understand or tackle any particular human problem. There are seven different ways, or maybe 19 or 100. My hope is to help keeping us expand our knowledge and develop more relational intelligence. To move to healthier confrontations, you can make this quick switch. Focus on being wise instead of being right. In productive conflict, both people leave the conversation with more understanding and probably having compromised a little bit. That can be really annoying, I know that. Just give me the tip.